This is an encore presentation of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio with updates. Enjoy the show again. Есть на світі доля, хто її знає. Есть на світі воля, хто її має. Есть люди на світі з ріблом златом сяють, здається, панують, а долі не знають. Зміць рівло злато, та будьте багаті, а я візьму сльози, лихо виливати, затоплений долю дрібними сльозами, затопчу неволю восими ногами, тоді я веселий, тоді я багатий, як буде серденько, по волі гулянти. Есть на свете доля, кто ее знает, есть на свете воля, кто ее мает, есть люди на свете, с реблом златом сяют, сдаются, пануют, воли не мают, ни доли, ни воли, с нудьою, та с горем жупан надевают, плакаты сором. Совеспить діброва зіроньки сіяють Понад шляхом ширицею ховрашки гуляють Спочивають добрі люди, що кофту мило Кого щастя, кого горе, все нічка покрила a song called Yest na Sviti Dolya, which means there is fortune in the world, and that is taken from a poem by Tarashevchenko, Katerina, and it was performed by a group called Tarasova Nietzsche, which translates as Shevchenko Night. Dobry večer, šenovni radio suhači, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio programu Naš Holos Radio Krinskoho Korinja, katera podijaci vam jak svečajno, što subote o šosti hodeni na bahatumovni radiostanci AM 1320 CHMB u Vancouveri i pomareži PCJ Radio Mižnorodnemu. Pri mikrofoni Pavina Makwari, djakuju što rišale parabute zimnoju nastupnu hodenu. 
Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paulette Jemchuk Macquarie, Pogadinska Pavina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you, and we are into the month of March, which is Shevchenko Month, our Ukrainian bard who was both born and who died in the month of March. So we started out with a song by a Shevchenko poem, and we are going to continue. We're going to have uh, some information about Shevchenko's life, and that will be coming to us courtesy Irena Bell of the Ukrainian Hour radio program in Ottawa. As well, we have a podcast on Pesanke, Ukrainian Easter eggs. And uh, of course, next month we'll be celebrating Easter. So this is a great time to brush up on your skills and maybe learn a little bit more. And uh, we'll have the first of six episodes of Pesanke Power podcast. And that is brought to you by Joan Brander of Richmond, B.C., and Baba's Beeswax. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and as mentioned, great Ukrainian music, and a good part of it dedicated to Tarashevchenko. So our next song is One Such, and this is a bit of a throwback from a vinyl recording made back in the 1980s, and it is by Dumka from Edmonton, and the song is... uh, a bit of a rousing rendition of a Shevchenko classic, Sonset Sunset. Oh, 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 oh,
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. American singer Andriana with the title track from her most recent CD released uh, just um, last year, late last year, and it is Songs from Home, Pisni z Domu. 
Coming up next, another Ukrainian singer from that same general area, uh, eastern United States. And this lady is Olya Fritz. Here she is with a song called Posadzhu Yahrushichku, a song about planting a pear tree. Posadzhu Yahrushichku This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa, with a Did You Know Chisnalevi segment, and special greetings to the listeners of Nasholos. Did you know that there was a very special friendship between one of Ukraine's greatest historical figures, Taras Shevchenko, and a famously talented black American, Ira Aldridge? Although both men died in the 1860s, both of their images are present in the capital city of the United States. A mere two and a half miles apart, in Washington, D.C., stand monuments to Taras Shevchenko and to Ira Aldridge. The first was born a Ukrainian serf, who was purchased out of bondage in order for his immense talents to blossom. The second was born a black in New York, who, because of the color of his skin, had to leave his country to find the full glory of his God-given talent. 
At the corner of 22nd and P Streets in northwest Washington stands the figure of Taras Shevchenko. This is a monument to the man, his writing, his profound commentaries on human dignity, pleas of help for the plight of the downtrodden, and his aspirations for his country, struggling under Tsarist repression. On the other side of the city stands the Ira Aldridge Theater on the Howard University campus. Portraits of both men hang in that theater. Portraits painted by Taras Shevchenko and donated to Howard University in 1967 from the archives of the Ukrainian Academy of Arts and Sciences in the United States. Born a serf in Ukraine, Shevchenko was destined for a lifetime of servitude. Yet, when his owner left Ukraine for St. Petersburg, Russia, he took the young Shevchenko along. In St. Petersburg, Shevchenko's artistic talents were revealed. In 1838, the city's artistic circles succeeded in purchasing Shevchenko's freedom. Once free, he became a student at the Imperial Academy of Arts, and his artwork and poetic writing flourished. Shevchenko returned to Ukraine in 1845 to find great injustices. His poems criticized the Tsarist regime and chided the aristocracy's oppression of the peasants. For this he was arrested and deported from Ukraine to exile in a remote part of Russia, and by the decree of the Tsar denied writing and drawing materials. Despite the Tsar's orders and the incarceration's terrible cost to his health, Shevchenko secretly composed some of his most powerful works while imprisoned and in political exile. But Shevchenko's Ukrainian and Russian friends, including Count and Countess Tolstoy, worked to secure his freedom. Finally, ten years after his arrest, Shevchenko was released. Forbidden to return to Ukraine, he returned to St. Petersburg, where he met the American Ira Aldridge. Aldridge had been born in New York and found his opportunities limited due to discrimination against blacks. He emigrated to England in 1824 and was soon performing in England's finest theaters. In 1858, Aldridge accepted an invitation from the Russian Imperial Theater to perform in St. Petersburg. Shevchenko attended the opening performance, and the two men were introduced. There are numerous letters and notes commenting upon their meeting and friendship. One of Tolstoy's daughters served as an early translator between Aldridge and Shevchenko, and wrote about the experience and their friendship. Shevchenko attended Aldridge's performances. Aldridge visited Shevchenko's studio and posed for the artist. They visited one another often and spent time in the same social circles one that included many artists, performers, intellectuals. Their friendship was unique since they had in common not only the creativity of their personalities and their love of the arts, but their shared experiences of social oppression and their dreams of a better future for their people. Though free, famous, with powerful friends, living in the world of Russian aristocracy, neither seemed able to forget his past and the plight of his people. Those who wrote about their friendship noted that they often sang together. Aldridge greatly appreciated the sorrowful and melodic Ukrainian songs that captured the unfortunate plight of the people of Ukraine. Shevchenko, in turn, loved the songs of the Negro South, no doubt to great extent for the same reasons. When Aldridge returned to England, he took with him a portrait of Shevchenko. Aldridge returned to Russia several years later, but by then Shevchenko had passed away. Between 1861 and 1866, Ira Aldridge made several tours of the Tsarist Empire, including three trips to Ukraine, to Shevchenko's homeland, trips that had been denied to Shevchenko himself. Both of these men, historic giants in their artistic fields and in their messages about the struggles of mankind for dignity and the perseverance of individuals, died on foreign soil far from their homelands. Ira Aldridge's body remains in Poland. Eventually, Taras Shevchenko's body was returned to Ukraine from Russia, and their unique friendship remains a story for the ages. This information was excerpted from an article by Robert McConnell and comes from a U.S.-Ukraine Foundation update. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnalave, Did You Know, with Nasholus listeners. You can catch her show at www.chinradioottawa.com.
up next is Sonia from Nashville, Tennessee, and the classic poem by Tarashevchenko, Dume Moyi. Next is Alexei Kirikesha with Fata Morgana and more words 
by Tereshevchenko, a song about the Ottoman Hamalia. Черными, черными, черным, 
Trimbita from Edmonton with a song that was written in uh, during the kind of World War II era, Postansky era, uh, when Ukrainians were fighting Soviets and Nazis, and mostly Soviets, I think, at the point that this song was written. And it is a song called Two Colors, Red and Black, and with um, kind of double symbolic meaning. And they were able to get away with it by claiming that it was not about the red did not refer to Soviet communism and the black to the tragedy that they brought on Ukraine, but rather it was a combination of colors that was rooted in Ukrainian folklore. And that was true. So somehow they managed to get away with that. And the song went on to become very popular and uh, left the confines of the communist world behind the Iron Curtain and made its way to the North American continent, where many recording artists recorded it, including Kvika Sisek in the United States, and, of course, this group from Edmonton, 
trembita. Dva koljera, two colors. And speaking of colors rooted in Ukrainian folklore, I'd like to take this time now to introduce the exciting new podcast, Pesenka Power, produced and presented by Joan Brander of Baba's Beeswax right here in Richmond, B.C. Hi, I'm Joan Brander, and you're listening to my Pesenka Power podcast. I love Ukrainian egg decorating. I've been doing it for several decades, ever since I was a child. I've amassed so much knowledge and experience over those years, I thought that podcasting would be a great way to share my passion with you. I'll be telling you about their history, legends, and symbols. On the practical side, there's tools and techniques used in making them, hints, tips, and do-it-yourself projects to talk about. Did you know that the fate of the world depends on Pesinka? There's an ancient Ukrainian legend that says, as long as Pesinka are being made, evil will not prevail over good in the world. They're one of the greatest traditions of all time, so I hope that my podcast will inspire you. In this inaugural episode of Pesinka Power Podcast, I'll go through the essentials of Pesinka Ukrainian Easter eggs, what supplies you'll need to get started, and why you need them. Pesinka is the Ukrainian word for Easter egg. You know the ones with the colorful and intricate designs on them. Before we jump in and learn how they're made, let's talk about the origin of the word. The word Pesinka comes from the Ukrainian word Pesate, which means to write. Pesinka is singular and Pesinke is plural. And I just know that after you make your first Pesinka, you'll be well on your way to making many Pesinke in the future. You make Pesinke using the batik method known as wax resist. I've been teaching Pesinke for over 30 years and people are always surprised when I tell them that they're not made with paints, stencils, or colored markers. If you're not familiar with batik, let me explain how it works. So imagine you have three things. Firstly, an ordinary egg. Secondly, a couple of jars of dye colors. Let's say yellow and red. Thirdly, a candle. Imagine lighting the candle and dripping a few random drops of wax on the egg. The wax will dry instantly. Place the egg in the yellow dye for a couple of minutes. Lift it out and dry it off. Then repeat dripping a few more random drops of wax with your candle on your yellow egg. Place the egg in the red dye for a couple of minutes, lift it out and dry it off. Now what you'll have is a red egg covered in random drops of wax. Under the drops of wax are the colors white and yellow. The wax is protecting these colors. To see those white and yellow colors, you have to melt off the wax. When you do, you'll have a colorful red egg with white and yellow shapes. This is how the magic of batik works. Ukrainian pesinka eggs use this same technique, but with a slightly more refined and systematic approach. Let me explain what I mean. You'll still need an ordinary egg and some jars of dye. You'll also need some specialty items. Firstly, you'll need a tool called a kiska. And secondly, you'll need beeswax. Let's talk about the egg. Many types of eggs can be used for pesinka. The smallest that I've worked on are lovebird eggs. They're tiny at about three quarters of an inch high. The largest eggs I've used are ostrich eggs. They're huge. When cooked as scrambled eggs, one ostrich egg is equivalent to about two dozen chicken eggs. Sizes in between that I've used include bobtail, quail, turkey, goose, and other eggs. For beginners, a simple raw chicken egg will do the trick. Make sure it's at room temperature before you start. Next, you'll need a kiska. Instead of dripping wax on the egg with a candle, as I mentioned earlier, you'll use a special tool called a kiska, spelled K-I-S-T-K-A. The best way to describe it is to tell you how my baba made one using a calendar. Incidentally, if you aren't familiar with the word baba, it's Ukrainian for grandmother. Of course, Baba didn't have Outlook or an eye calendar, but she did have a calendar hanging on the wall. In those days, calendars had a metal spine. She took that metal spine and wound it into a cone, making a small hole at the bottom. 
She then attached the cone to the end of a wooden stick she got from a branch of a tree with a piece of metal wire. Voila, that was our kiska. Today, the kiska has become more sophisticated. The handles are no longer sticks. Some are still made of wood, but they also come in plastic, and there are even electric models as well. The special wax we use is beeswax. My baba taught me to scoop up some melted beeswax into the cone of my kiska and apply it to the egg. She melted her beeswax in a clean, empty tuna can on top of her wood stove. The thing I love about making pesinke are the heavenly scent of beeswax and the sweet, warm smell of honey that comes with it. This is all very therapeutic and relaxing. The beeswax should be pure and filtered from impurities. Dust and dirt particles in non-filtered beeswax will clog up your kiska. Most places that sell beeswax for pesinke making ensure that it's pure and clean. Beeswax comes in blocks, sheets, and strips. All forms work the same way. Your kiska guides the melted beeswax onto the egg as it flows out of the small hole in the bottom of the cone. For Ukrainian pesinke, we call this process writing. What seems like drawing is actually writing a message using symbolism and designs. My baba and I would write lines and designs on the egg that she herself learned as a child. Did you notice that I said write and not draw? The tradition of Pesinke and their unique symbols and designs have been passed down through countless generations. I'll tell you more about that in a future podcast. Now I'll discuss the dyes. Back when I made Pesinke as a child, I soaked crepe paper in water to make a dye bath. Sometimes I would make natural dyes using common household items, such as tea, beets, or onion skins. Today, most people use commercial eggshell dyes. They come in a variety of colors, but you only need a few basic colors to create some stunning results. I suggest a range from light to dark. So for example, let's say yellow, red, and black to start. Fewer colors make the experience go faster and the cost less expensive. My Baba and I would dip our eggs into the dye, starting with the lightest color. Then we'd add more beeswax with our kiska and dye the egg in a succession of dye baths. This is the process of batik. So now you've taken your egg out of the last dye bath. Don't be dismayed at how it looks at this point. It will be a dark color and the beeswax will be all bumpy and rough. There's one more thing to do before you see your masterpiece. The last step is the magic of melting the beeswax and revealing the colors. There are different ways to melt the beeswax off your pesinka. You can put the egg into the oven, or you can use the flame of a candle. I'll tell you how to use both methods in a future podcast. If you found this introduction to Pesinke a lot to absorb, don't worry. I'll completely demystify the technique in future episodes of the Pesinke Power podcast. I'll also provide you with tips and tricks to make things easy and fun. I've been teaching the art of Pesinke to novices for the better part of three decades. Some of my students have even gone on to become pesinka artists in their own right. However, all of them created a beautiful pesinka in their first sitting. It being their first pesinka, I playfully say to them, this will be the most beautiful pesinka you have made so far. Of course, it would be easier with you and I being in the same room together, but I'm confident that once you understand the technique, with a little practice, you'll create some incredible works of art to display in your home or to give away as gifts. So, if you're ready to get started with Pesinke, the first thing you'll have to do is purchase your tools. If you can't find them at a local craft store, cultural organization, or Ukrainian church in your area, you can order them online from my store, Baba's Beeswax, located in Richmond, B.C. We're on the west coast of Canada. The supplies are available year-round, and I can help you choose the best ones for your needs. Just go to www.babasbeeswax.com. Before we wrap up this inaugural podcast, I'd like to share some great resources to support you in your quest to learn and make pesinke. I'll actually be doing this at the end of each future podcast in a brief commentary I've called Books and Bits. An excellent teaching aid that I'd like to recommend in Books and Bits 
is called Ukrainian Easter Egg Pesenka Beginner's Designs by Joan Nakonechny. You can watch a preview of it on our YouTube channel. The video clip flips through the pages to feature the format, colorful cover, and contents of Pesenka Designs. There's a link on the Baba's Beeswax website, or just do a search on YouTube for Baba's Beeswax. It's also available in print form from babasbeeswax.com, and I highly recommend ordering it along with your beeswax, kiska, and dyes. And eggs. Yes, you can also order empty eggshells too. Just ask me how and save yourself the hassle of hunting through cartons at the supermarket for smooth, unmodeled, and perfectly shaped eggs. Plus, you won't have to blow them out later, but that's another story for a future episode. Before I go, allow me to tell you about Baba's Beeswax and how you can get in touch with me. Back in 1991, sitting around the dining room table with my family, it got me thinking that, well, maybe I should do more with my egg decorating hobby. We came up with the whimsical name Baba's Beeswax. Since then, Baba's Beeswax has been doing a lot of buzzing. We have a website at babasbeeswax.com. Our studio comes alive with workshops and demonstrations. We write books, pamphlets, teaching aids, and videos. We have a library for all the publications we produce and collect. Not only that, we have a gallery of all the pesenke we've made and collected. Please drop by for a visit. We're located in Richmond, British Columbia. If you like shopping in person, it's very easy to get to. We're not far from the Vancouver International Airport. And for our American friends, we're just a few hours drive north of Seattle. For shopping on the internet, you can visit our online store at babasbeeswax.com. We've had it since 1997. Pardon the pun, but we've been buzzing around for a long time. We're doing our best to keep up with technology, so we're connecting with you on YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms. Now we're podcasting, and we're very excited to be doing that. You too can follow the buzz by giving us your comments or a thumbs up. We're here to help you choose kits and supplies, like the beeswax, kiska, and dyes you'll need. You can get everything you need all year round, not only at Easter. In case you missed anything, you can listen to my podcast again. We've put the audio file on our website, babasbeeswax.com, or you might like reading along, so we've put the transcript there too. That's it for me, Joan Brander of Baba's Beeswax. Thanks for listening, and have a great day!
fantastic girl group from Lviv called Lubistok and a traditional Ukrainian folk song about a girl called Marichka. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com where you'll find the archived audio files, transcripts, and podcast feed. As well, you'll find information about the show and a link to our Patreon page if you'd like to support the podcast. Again, that's www.nasholos.com. I love to hear from you, so please send your suggestions, dedications, and requests. Your comments are always welcome. And our proverb of the week translates as every state reflects its people. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, the Interlake Polka Kings from the Interlake region in Manitoba and the Green Valley Foxtrot. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.